So welcome to Anecdotally Speaking. This is our weekly podcast about business storytelling. And uh, I'm here with my partner, uh, Mark Schenk. And now one of the things it's useful to know about Mark is the type of holidays this guy takes. He's the sort of guy that will go off to Fiji, to Benker Island and swim, you know, with five metre tiger sharks uh, without cages. That's the sort of guy he is. Welcome, Mark. It's great to be here for our uh, podcast and get this going. It is indeed. Thanks, Sean. I just want to clarify for our listeners that uh, we're business partners. So uh, we have been business partners for a long time, not life partners. So uh, (laughs) important distinction. And we've been meaning to do this podcast for some time, so it's great that we're finally underway. And to give you some insights into uh, Sean's character, the sorts of holidays Sean takes... Well, first of all, I'd say he's a very versatile guy, but the sorts of holidays Sean takes is he'll jump in the car with his wife and retrace the steps of Charles Darwin following the path of Darwin's exploration from Sydney to Bathurst. Bathurst is about 500 kilometres west of Sydney. So, yeah, that's the sort of holiday that Sean takes. Doesn't everyone do that? I mean, it seems like a fairly normal thing, right? (laughs) Um Maybe one day. Right. Okay. I'm sure that's on most people's bucket lists. So. <laughs> In fact, just as a sidebar, I had a great idea the other day. Don't keep a bucket list of things you want to do. Keep a bucket list of things you've done. Good one. Now, why are we here? What's the purposes of the whole thing, Mark? What, what are we, why are we doing this? Well, we know that every human being is a natural storyteller, but we also know that it's quite difficult to do this at work. Yeah. Being a storyteller at work, it takes work. And so one of the questions that people often ask us is, how do we, f- how do we build our repertoire of stories? So one of the reasons we're running this podcast is to provide you with a broader range of stories that you can use, but also understanding why they work and how you can use them in a business setting. So yeah. that's the purpose for the podcast. Yeah, I guess, and we're going to try to keep a fairly, you know, sort of um, repeating structure, if you like, for the podcast. So each podcast will share a story, one that you can use in a business context. We will, uh, you know, sort of investigate the elements of that story as to why it works or perhaps even what? why it doesn't work if, we, if we've got one of those. Then look at, you know, what's the business point you can draw from the stories? And usually there's multiple business points, so we'll talk about that. And then finally, sort of look at, you know, where would you use this thing? You know, what's, uh, where are the opportunities, the situations in which this particular story will um, be used? So with that said, how about I kick in with the first story and then we'll just have a bit of a conversation about it. Let's go. Fantastic. Now, I heard this story actually from work that we've been doing with Mars Incorporated. So they're a big food company. Now, you would know them, you know, from their very famous Mars bars. So they've got a big chocolate part of their business. But they also own Wrigley's. And so they do chewing gum and sweets. But at the other end of the spectrum, they're also doing pet food, right? So your whiskers and your pals and things like condiments, master foods. So they're an enormous company. They're a family-owned business. So the, if you like, some of the key people in the business have the surname Mars. It's the Mars family. And I heard this was about uh, the chairperson of, of Mars. Uh, happened in 2012. The chairperson is a lady called Victoria Mars. And the family like to get out there and sort of really see what's happening in the business. And on this particular venture, she headed off to sort of see how the particular product, in this case whiskers, was being showed and displayed at a supermarket. So, you know, it was a big thing for the country and the people who are the representatives of Mars in that organisation. And so they've got the chairman arriving. And Victoria's a you know, very well-dressed 60-plus-year-old woman who um, I guess is someone who's seen a lot of the business in all sorts of different places. And on this particular day, they take her to the supermarket and you've got the general manager and the sales director there. And the sales director is directing her to a particular aisle. They sort of turn down aisle 17 to have a look at this display 
And there down the other end of the aisle, their associate sort of still working on the display. It hasn't been completed yet. And you can see the director, you know, his face immediately sort of goes red. And he starts to quicken his speed, his steps. And, you know, there's cans and sort of products sort of scattered around. And the person who's working on they call them associates. So she's on her knees and she's trying to gather things together to get it all done. The director's picking up speed and Victoria picks up speed, right? And as they get to the display, before, just as they were getting there, and you can sort of see the director just about to blow his top, Victoria just gets down on her hands and knees and says, how can I help? Right? Of course, the sales director's standing there going, oh, God, what do I do? He's got no choice, right? He gets in his hands and knees as well. And when I heard that story, I just went, what a great uh, example of leadership, right? But tell me, now let's jump into that first bit. You know, what elements in that story make that a story that you can tell and, and it kind of works for people? What do you think are some of the key things for you, Mark? Oh, there's a whole bunch, but the first thing I would say is that it's the element of surprise. Yeah. It really works well in that story. And, you know, in some ways, it's incredibly disappointing that it's surprising to us that a senior leader would do something like that. Yeah, that a, right. That a person like Victoria Mars would get down on her hands and knees and start packing product on a shelf. Yeah. So that kind of breaks the script. Yes. And so really is a useful, uh, a useful device is that surprise. But I, I reiterate, isn't it disappointing? It is a little bit, isn't it? You know, when you hear that. What I think about for, you? Well, I think for me, clearly the stakes are high for this sales director, right? You know, he wants to make sure that the chairperson gets to see them at their very best. And he turns that corner and all of a sudden he goes, oh my God, it's not the way I expected it. If you like, you're increasing the stakes of the story right there and then. And I guess the other thing is that because, you know, we tell the story in a way where you really can see yourself in a supermarket, you know, the fact that I sort of said, oh, you know, and, and they turned down aisle 17, you know, I actually don't know it's aisle 17, but it just seemed to me that, you know, I can imagine them going down that aisle way and seeing the, the, the display half done and, you know, sort of the impact that's going to have for them. So visual, the visual element, I think, is always an important one in a good story. Right. So there's, then there was two elements to that. Yes. The, the high stakes component. So yep. obviously this is important to the sales director. Yeah, right. <laughs> His career is, uh, well, maybe he's perceived that it's high stakes, yep. but also that visual thing. And as you say, that turning the corner. One of the things that I think really worked with that story is that we could picture what Victoria Mars was like. Yes. And, you know, very well-dressed uh, lady in her 60s, senior executive, wealthy. Her first thought is get down on knees. So once we had the picture of her, the action that she took was, was emphasized. Yeah. Yeah, it's a contrast. Yeah, too, she's not an, an, an athletic young lady, you know. Uh. So that's one of the, I think, one of the great elements of it. Another important part of the story, I think, is the fact that it starts off with a well-known large company, right? So you immediately recognize the business. That little bit of information we provide at the very beginning of the story is just enough to give you the context about, okay, who this company is, the sort of business that they're in. There's some recognition with Mars bars and things like that. And you go, okay, yeah, I get what this business is. You know, it makes sense to me. I think that's another element of it. Absolutely. And that context that you said was really important, but just a piece of advice for the listeners, keep the context short. Yeah. You know, that it only took maybe 25 seconds or so for Sean to set the scene for that. Now, I've seen people try and set the scene and it takes five minutes. <laughs> and by that time, you've lost your audience. They've switched off. And it doesn't matter how good your story is, they're probably not listening to it. So you need context and just enough context. Yeah. I think it's that old adage of getting to the action very quickly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
The other thing I would say to just probably the last thing about the elements is that there are certain types of stories that we're immediately drawn to. And, you know, I talk about this hierarchy of stories, you know, starting off with any story to do with death, right? They go around organizations quickly and people are drawn because they want to avoid death. So, you know. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, right? (laughs) That's probably why the species has been so successful. Indeed, indeed. But when you go down the hierarchy and the other things, you know, safety of children is another one. And, uh, you know, sex is something we're drawn to, you know, keep that species Sorry, going. what was that one? Yeah, I think it's sex. <laughs> yeah. But the one that, I, that sort of sits underneath that is power, right? We're very interested in power. And here we have a woman who's clearly got a lot of power in that organization. And, and so people are interested in stories about people with power because people with power can affect you, Right. They can have an impact on you in some way. So this story, of course, flew around Mars very quickly because A, it gives a a real insight into the character of the chairperson, but also it's interesting because she has so much power in that organisation. So I think there's some really interesting elements in this, you know, and I I suppose that's what we're trying to draw out here. But we probably should move on to, I guess, um, you know, some of the key business points. Like, what would be a point you would use this story in terms of getting an idea across in a in a business setting? Uh, Again, there's many, but the first one that came to my mind was if, for example, you had a value in your organisation around respect, yeah, and you wanted to communicate to people what does respect look like, and might you know, introduce it by talking about the importance of respect and then say, you know, we have lots of, lots of moments where we demonstrate respect or lack of it. Let me share one. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a great example. I think connected to that is just imagine you're talking to a group of leaders and you're trying to, um, you know, say you're the, you know, the division head and you're talking to your direct reports. You might be sort of saying, look, it's the small moments that make a difference. Right. And the small moments speak volumes. What you do, people are watching what you do as a leader. And there was a great, great one just recently that, and they can then tell that story about Victoria Mars. And, and immediately people will work out, ah, it's those moments that count. Right. And so that's definitely another one. Yeah. So that's two business circumstances where you might use that story. A third one, and this is most organizations uh, where you might have low employee engagement or employee engagement lower than you'd like. Of course, the people who have the biggest impact on, on employee engagement are managers, are leaders. Yeah. And you can po- use this story to illustrate that it's the way you behave. Every interaction you have as a manager is an opportunity to drive engagement or to destroy it. Here's what it looks like when a leader chooses to build engagement. Yeah. And then you lead into the story into the story yeah yeah there's so many so many potential business points um the other one i like is it's just it's just an illustration it's how important it is to help out doesn't matter what you where you are in the hierarchy of the organization roll up your sleeves jump in give a hand these are the sort of things that change culture in in organizations you betcha yeah Yeah, I remember uh, back in my Air Force days, we used to, uh, there was a saying that you would never, never demand as a right what you could ask as a favor. Right. And so, you know, you could demand as a right, you know, like demand this person, uh, you know, fix that, or you can just get down in there and pitch in. I also want to confess that in my, you know, like in my career, there have been many times where I have walked around that virtual corner and seen something that I don't like, and I've immediately assumed the worst. And I've made the wrong decision. I mean, I know that Many times where I've yeah, done that. Right. And so for me, that Victoria Mars story is a bit of a double-edged sword. Mm. Great indicator, but also a lesson for me, a reminder to me that I do the same thing. 
Right. Yeah, so it becomes a trigger for your yeah. own experience, right? Exactly. So tell me then, Mark, you know, given this story, uh, I think it'd be great in our uh, podcast here if we can give a bit of a rating out of 10, right? A bit of an idea of what we think, how good this story is. For you, what's your rating out of 10? I'll give it eight. An eight? Yeah, I love the simplicity and the power. Fantastic. Well, for me, I think I would give this a seven. I think that it's a great story. I suspect out there we're going to find even better ones. But oh, yeah. this is a good one to start. And if you like this podcast, I really um, encourage you to, if you can rate us on iTunes, I hear that helps a lot, you know, in terms of just people finding us. So that'd be great. Go and find us on iTunes and give us a rating. Share it with your friends. Come to the Anecdote website because you'll sort of see a description of what we're covering. And uh, we look forward to, you know, sort of covering off uh, the next story next week. Yeah, and please feel free if you've got any comments or questions, go to our website and uh, there's a place to make those comments and we'd love to hear from you. <laughs>